the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is my college football summer school series on Cover 3. I bring on the team experts from the 24-7 sports staff and ask them the questions I care about. No fluff. Which players will be toughest to replace? What position groups are sneakily better or worse than I realize? We get you the scoop on each team in 20 minutes or less. Let's go. Hey, guys. Bud Elliott here. Welcome back to my summer school series where we talk college football on the Cover 3 podcast today. That's right. The back-to-back national champions, Georgia, and do that. We're going to bring on Jordan Hill, foremost expert from Dogs247. Jordan, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, appreciate it, bud. Excited to uh, get the summer rolling. And and really, this is one of those uh, milestones where you know the countdown until the season get, gets uh, here is uh, officially on. Absolutely. So last year, undefeated, amazing team. Uh, I, I was one of the dummies in the preseason that thought, okay, because returning quarterback and you know maybe Ohio State, maybe Alabama. Georgia's like, no, we're, we're, we're still the best team. That, that had to be an interesting thing to cover, just the, the, the doubters early, and, and that they shut them up pretty quickly that Oregon game. No doubt, and it was honestly fun for me specifically because last year was my first year on the beat, so you were kind of stepping in, and it was sort of what are they going to do next? You know, What is going to be um, how they follow that first national championship in 41 years? And the way they followed it was by pretty much dominating all the competition. I mean, really, other than – that uh, scare against Missouri, I mean, it was a pretty smooth uh, go of it until you get into the playoff and go to the wire with Ohio State and then win a national championship. And, and Bud, I still have trouble really, you know, understanding or coming to terms with the fact they won the national championship by 58 points. I mean, it, it was just a, an absurd end to the season. But, you know, I think that that sort of solidified where Georgia is right now. I think that there were some people that still kind of looked at that Alabama win in the national championship and said, you know, well, Alabama had two of their best receivers hurt as that game went on. You know, how 
sort of legitimate was that? And, you know, you follow it up, you go undefeated in the SEC and uh, you win another national title. I think there's no denying where Georgia is right now. And, and now the conversation begins as far as can they do it three times in a row? On offense, they were you know top 15, top 10, depending on the opponent-adjusted power ratings you look at last year. Really high scoring, another elite unit. They do lose fourth rounder. This meeting some Crow, Georgia fans out there. I did not think Stetson Bennett would be a fourth round pick. Lose fourth rounder, Stetson Bennett. Carson Beck, I know they haven't said he's the guy officially, but in the spring game, he looked pretty good. All reports from you guys out of spring is that he had a strong spring. Interesting guy, kind of waited his turn. What, what should the college ball world know about Carson Beck? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit on it, that he waited until he got the opportunity. You know, he is going to be a rising junior. Uh, he will be a junior this season, and he's a big guy. I think he's 6'4". You know, he kind of gives you a little bit bigger guy than Stetson Bennett, who I think might have been 5'10 on a good day. Uh, but he can move as well. You know, he was the backup to Stetson last season. Uh, played a decent bit because of some of the blowout nature uh, of some of Georgia's wins and, and looked pretty good. And, you know, he came in and it was a very interesting spring because he was considered the favorite. Uh, but you had a new offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, and you thought, well, maybe this will sort of reset things. To Carson's credit, he played really well throughout the spring uh, and then ended at G-Day with an outstanding performance. So, like you said, they have not named a starting quarterback, but he's most certainly uh, in the lead going in and uh, going to have to hold off Brock Vandergriff when they get into fall camp. But uh, I'm of the belief when they get to that UT Martin game that it will be Carson Beck behind center. It, it, it'd be crazy to say they have a higher floor with, with Carson Beck, but do you think it'd be equally crazy to say that they potentially have a higher ceiling with his skill set? Yeah, and I think, too, it's really not so much just Carson Beck, but their wide receiver room is very, very deep this year, especially considered uh, compared to last year. Uh, we came into the season, it was the second straight year uh, where the receiver everybody was convinced would be Georgia's number one uh, battles injuries. Two years ago, it was George Pickens, and then last year it was A.D. Mitchell. I mean, he he barely played uh, after the Week 2 game against Sanford. Kind of got back into the mix in December and then played some in the uh, playoff. Uh, but you look at uh, what they've added. They get Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State. They get Dominic Lovett from Missouri. Uh, and they've got some other guys like Lab McConkey, Arian Smith, some proven guys, Marcus Rosamy, Jack Saint, who are back. I think when you consider that, that they've got those receivers. And then, oh, by the way, Brock Bowers, um, you know, it, it sets up really well for Carson Beck. He's going to um, no doubt have his challenges being a first time starter. But I think the offense has a really, really high upside even after losing a guy uh, who accomplished so, so much in Stetson Bennett. This is the best receiver group they've had since when? I, I was kind of racking my brain trying to think about this when I was writing down the questions for you. Maybe a decade? Like they, This is a, a nasty group. I, I, we just did the Missouri preview earlier today, and they're really going to miss Dominic Lovett, obviously, at, at, at Missouri. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see this group of pass catchers in the run game, I feel like I'm never worried about Georgia's backs, but uh, is it is there an obvious like top 100 pick in this backfield right now? I don't think so, and I think it's fair, especially if you look at the offense, to say that running back is the biggest question. And the biggest reason I say that is because they were super banged up during spring. Kendall Milton, who's considered to be that top back, uh, dealt with a hamstring that cut his spring short. Dejon Edwards was banged up. He missed some time and really didn't play very much at G-Day. Uh, Andrew Paul, who is a redshirt freshman, is coming back uh, from ACL tear. And, and one of the guys that was sort of considered 
Um, the one who could kind of take the step forward with everybody getting hurt, Branson Robinson, who's going to be a sophomore, he got hurt the last week of spring and wound up watching G-Day while wearing a boot on the sideline. So I think it's fair to sort of look, in a, look at this running back room and, and have your questions and, and kind of wonder what's going to happen. They need guys to step up. Um, they they do have a true freshman, Roderick Robinson, who looked really, really good in his first spring. He may wind up having to play a role, but they most certainly need to get healthy there. And it's somewhere where you've got guys that have talent, but a lot of questions about uh, their health and being able to maintain it over the course of a season. Uh, they need some guys to step up in order for this run game to really, really be a factor. I, I was doing Cole Kubik's radio show recently. We, we, we were discussing how big it was. They got Cedric Brand Pran back at, at center and just a guy that Georgia can really trust. They did lose two tackles to the NFL, which ask Ohio State how, how tough that can be to replace in, in, in a single offseason. What, what's the prospectus there for Georgia at the off the tackle spot? Yeah, you know, considering you lose those guys and how talented both those guys were, I think they're in decent shape. You know, they got Amarius Mims coming back. He is going to take on the right tackle job. And um, it's one of those situations where it was just sort of, it was understood he was going to be a starter. It was more of a question, is he going to move to the left tackle? And to protect the blind side, they decided to stick with a right tackle where he had been playing. And he's got a really good chance to have a good season and then turn around and be the next Georgia player that goes high. Uh, as far as those offensive tackles in the NFL draft. And then the big question has really been at left tackle, who's going to step up there? And uh, it's been Ernest Green and Austin Blasky battling it out. Uh, kind of two very different players. Ernest Green is a redshirt freshman who was one of the most talked about guys uh, on the team uh, in spring during the 20, getting ready for the 2022 season. A true freshman who you kind of turned around once spring started. And, you know, all of a sudden he's getting second team reps, which was, Pretty considerable considering uh, the depth they had. And then Austin Blasky's a junior who's just kind of gutted it out, who's been uh, kind of a plug, uh, plug and play guy, a guy who can play center, who uh, can move outside too, uh, has been really, really praised for how hard he works and just uh, uh, how dependable he is. So I think Ernest Green's got the upper hand, but I think uh, George is looking at a spot like they were last year where they rotated uh, several guys in, had really seven guys playing those five positions up front. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that again. Does uh, does Tate Ratledge figure to play for this team? Yes, he, he will be the okay. starting right guard. That is one big advantage for this team is that all their interior starters are back. Xavier Truss at left guard, Cedric Van Pran, who you mentioned at center, and Tate Ratledge at right guard. And I think that Tate Ratledge has a chance to really shine. You know, he was coming back last season from a Liz Frank injury that ended uh, his 2021 season after about four snaps. And, you know, it was a foot injury for a big offensive lineman. I think people kind of took for granted what it takes to come back from something like that. And I think having this spring, being fully healthy, being able to kind of get his strength back, he looked really, really good at G-Day. I think Tate Ratledge has a chance to really surprise people and to put together a really good season for a guy that had a lot of high hopes coming to Georgia and has had a few setbacks along the way. So offense sounds like it has a chance to really not have much drop off at all. I mean, could even improve, which is scary to say. Defensively, once again, no real surprise here. They recruit like crazy, and they have Kirby Smart as your head coach and, and a bunch of former you know good D coordinators hanging out on the staff as well. They were top three, top one, depending on what power ratings you like. But I mean, I, I don't think there's really a better defense out there. I'm not taking Iowa over these guys. Is this the best edge group that Georgia's had under Kirby Smart? 
Well, they've got to have guys step up and prove themselves. I mean, they lose Nolan Smith, and another guy that you kind of forget about is Robert Bill, who didn't all you know didn't have quite the uh, the shine or the uh, the stats that Nolan Smith had, but he stepped up in some big roles when Adam Anderson was kicked off the team in 2021. Robert Bill plays a bigger role and winds up leading the team in sacks. And then the next year, Nolan Smith tears his peck against Florida, and Robert Bill's asked to do a whole lot more again. Uh, so they're really young at outside linebacker. Kirby uh, during spring said that uh, this is as green an outside linebacker room as he's seen. Well, you say it's green, but it's also very, very talented. Uh, Jalen Walker, Chaz Chambliss is sort of the veteran in that room. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. And then getting Damon Wilson, Samuel Pimba, Gabriel Harris. Very, very talented. They just need some guys to step up uh, among the edge rushers. And, uh, you know, they did have the disadvantage of not having Marvin Jones Jr. and Jalen Walker through spring. Uh, both had had shoulder surgery before spring started. Uh, it sounds like everything's looking good for them to be back by the time we're talking fall camp. Uh, but they need guys to step up. Uh, Chess Chambliss sort of looks like that starter. Uh, but uh, they've got a lot of talent around him and a lot of guys that I think could factor in by the time we get into the season. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So they lose Jalen Carter to, to the draft. They lose Bear Alexander to USC, which personality-wise could be addition by, by subtraction, obviously. Is it fair to wonder if there's a difference maker at, at, at that sort of like, you know, one, two, three tech? I think it's fair, uh, absolutely, because a lot of us sort of penciled in Bear Alexander as that guy. He, he had a really strong close to his true freshman season, uh, really gave TCU some issues in that national title game. And he decides to leave and you're sort of turn around and looking at, all right, who's going to be next? Who's going to step up? Uh, they don't lack for options, which is the good thing for Georgia. You've got Zion Logue, who's a senior. Um, I would expect he'll play quite a bit. 
uh, Christian Miller was a really, really highly thought of recruit when he signed uh, during the 2022 class. Didn't play a ton last year, but they've taught like he's made some major strides. Uh, Jordan Hall is a guy that's going to be a true freshman that uh, was really highly thought of coming out of Jacksonville. Um, they've got guys that they seem to feel really good about. And talking to some of those veterans, uh, talking to a guy like Zion Logue after G-Day, you know, he, he taught like they feel really good about that room. And I think he was kind of, you know, not wanting to say that there were some issues while they had Bear Alexander in there. Uh, but it sounds like that they kind of got things settled with who's going to be back. Um, I do think that there's several guys that have to prove themselves, but you know, it's sort of the conversation, bud, that we've had these last few years. Well, what are they going to do when they lose Jordan Davis? Well, now it's what are they going to do when they lose Jalen Carter? They don't lack for talent in that room. They just need guys to uh, take on those bigger roles and step up in them. One name we've not said so far in the show, and it's it's probably on me for not doing this, Michael Williams. There, we, we've said the name. Like, if there's a guy who can go higher than Amarius Mims when it comes draft time, he's got to be on the short list, right? He's a really talented guy. I mean, he's just going to be a sophomore this year, but he's got a chance to really shine. And he's a guy that, uh, you know, you heard a lot about last year. He was a five-star. You were expecting him to do something, but you also say, all right, you know, how much can we really expect out of a guy that uh, is just coming out of high school? And I was very, very impressed, you know, and and you knew it even in the summer. I mean, talking to, you know, when Kirby spoke uh, at SEC Media Days, I mean, he's praising a true freshman for his work ethic and, you know, saying – yeah, I'm in my office on Sundays and look out and Michael's out, out there working. And Kirby's not the kind of coach that's just going to say something and praise some uh, praise somebody who doesn't deserve it. Uh, Michael really flashed. I think he's got a chance to really shine at defensive end. Now, he wasn't able to go for all of spring. Uh, he had a foot injury that kind of knocked him out. But I think that uh, the prognosis is positive as it comes to the season. And he's got a chance, I think, to be the sack leader for this team by the time it is said and done. So the top three kind of off-ball linebackers are are back. Uh, one of the top backups transferred and should play for Alabama, which I think says about the quality of this room. We assume the same guy starter, or is there some kind of young freak coming up that you know maybe freshman or, or sophomore that has a real chance to push for a starting role? Based on what we've seen, it's going to be the two starters from last year, Jamon Dumas Johnson and Smile Munden, two guys who. I mean, just think about the shoes they were stepping into, having to replace guys like N'Kobe Dean, Channing Tindall, Quay Walker, and they did an outstanding job. They they worked together. They wound up being the two leading tacklers for this team. Um, and really, you look at inside linebacker, I think it's the deepest spot uh, on Georgia's roster, even after losing Tresman Marshall to Alabama and even after the spring losing Ryan Davis to UCF. I mean, they are uh, really, really deep. Uh, you've got those two guys starting. you got – Xavion Sori, who, oh, you know, just a backup that was a five-star. Uh, he really shined, took some steps forward this spring. Uh, and then they've signed uh, two guys that were already in for the spring and another that'll be here in the summer, uh, Raylan Wilson and C.J. Allen, who, you know, going back to what I was talking about with Kirby, not really giving a lot of praise uh, that's undue. He talked about him after the national championship game, and he was one of those guys that got in in December, and he just, uh, Kirby had so much to say about the scout team job he did, getting them ready for TCU. I mean, that's a guy that, you know, just a few weeks ago was playing high school uh, football, playing in the playoffs in the state of Georgia, and all of a sudden, you know, he's getting that kind of praise. So they've got uh, Raylan Wilson and uh, C.J. Allen coming in, and then they will add Troy Bowles, who is uh, the son of Todd Bowles, the Buccaneers head coach. Uh, So they're deep at inside linebacker. Uh, Those guys will have to fight to find a way onto the field. Uh, But it's definitely going to be Jamon, 
and it's definitely going to be Smile really handling those starting roles. I don't know how many people know this, but maybe some Georgia fans listen and do. Uh, but Raylan Wilson, his dad, uh, was the leading receiver in FAMU history and then played for the Saints. And his uncle uh, is actually the guy who was the leading receiver, and I forgot his name now, the leading receiver on the Houston Oilers back when Warren Moon was tearing it up. So re- really, really strong bloodlines there from the football standpoint uh, for that family. And his brother uh, is a receiver for the University of Kansas. Uh, so the kind of a kind of a football family there for, for the Wilsons. So the secondary, you lose Keely Ringo, you lose Chris Smith, who I guess people, some people on Twitter didn't like, but I thought Georgia's staff played him a whole lot. I thought he was a decent player. Uh, true freshman Malachi Starks, though, is the dude who led this defense in snap count, which is kind of wild. Is there a chance this unit's better or is it a concern? I think they do have to find someone who can step up and, and really more replace the leadership of Chris Smith because he was just he was a trusted guy. He was a guy who had been there and he's another one of, the, one of those guys who had kind of waited his turn. I mean, he was a, a sort of a lower four star coming out of Hapeville Charter in Atlanta and he waited his turn and, and got a chance to prove it and made a really good decision by coming back last year. That was his super senior season and now he's playing on the Las Vegas Raiders. But I think the secondary has a chance to be really, really good. And if there's one thing you've learned uh, with Georgia since Kirby Smart has been there, and especially since Will Muschamp came on board, is you really can't question what they're going to do with the secondary. I mean, two really good defensive back coaches. And throw in, two Fran Brown, who is a defensive backs coach, who is younger but is getting a whole lot of praise. And I think before it's all said and done, we'll be a head coach one day. Um, but they're in really good shape. You know, the question has been who is going to start at the corner spot that Keeley vacated and uh, who's going to fill in for Chris Smith at safety. And with safety, it looks like they're going to move Javon Bullard, who was the star, who was the defensive MVP of both playoff games. I think he's got a really bright future and seems to have settled in well playing that safety spot. And uh, then moving Tyke Smith, who, again, you talk about the depth. Uh, This was a guy that was an All-American at West Virginia before he transferred to Georgia. He's probably going to play that star position. And then to me, the biggest competition that's still – sort of up for grabs going into fall camp is that other corner spot opposite Kamari Laster, who I think has a chance to have a really good year. Uh, but you got three guys that are competing for that corner spot uh, in Nyland Green and Dalen Everett and Julian Humphrey. And uh, Nyland Green had the start at G-Day, but they worked in Dalen Everett as well. And Julian Humphrey's the youngest of those guys. Uh, he and Dalen are actually both. Uh, so Dalen is a sophomore, going to be a sophomore and Julian's going to be a redshirt freshman. Uh, but all three of those guys have gotten a lot of praise. And I think it's a competition at that corner spot that I'm going to be watching very, very closely because they've all have their upside. And I think that either of those, you know, really any of those three guys has a chance to step in that role and to play well when we get into the fall. You mentioned linebacker as being the, the deepest position on this roster. Where, where's the spot other than quarterback where the drop off between starters and, and backups is, is, I guess you really can't say perilous with Georgia, but the, if you had to play the backups, there, there'd be cause for concern. I think I do wonder quite a bit about defensive end because you look at Michael, he'll probably start. And then Tremel Walthour, who's going to be a super senior. And then you've got a lot of questions about what's behind them. And you got a guy like CJ Madden who has not played a ton. Uh, and you probably have to get creative, you know, with some of those outside linebackers and maybe get them down. Really, besides that, I would say probably offensive tackle behind, you know, the guys we talked about, Amarius Mims. Uh, would start at right tackle, and then the competition between uh, Austin Blasky uh, and Ernest Green. I think behind those guys, if you get guys banged up, 
uh, behind sort of those those front three, you've got real questions, and and you might have to have a true freshman like Monroe Freeling step up. Really talented guy, but think about going and, and trying to block some of these defensive linemen he would be facing week after week. Um, so, and I think that's part of why offensive tackle going into 2024 on the recruiting side uh, is a big priority for Georgia because they know they got to stack um, some really talented guys at that position, especially knowing that more likely than not, uh, Marius Mims will be gone after this year and, and waiting uh, when it comes to April uh, to hear his name called at the draft. And that's a really tough, tough ask too. Just in general, this year, just nationally and throughout the Southeast, it appears to be a, a shall we say, lacking year for the offensive tackle uh, crop recruit-wise. I, I mean, we're pacing to have the fewest number of five-star and top 100 offensive tackles we've ever had. So, hopefully, some more guys emerge. There's a lot of schools out there. Like, please, no, don't, you know, don't, don't, don't take the guy we normally get, Georgia. Awesome, man. Well, hey, everybody needs to go to Dogs Two Four Seven, Jordan. I really appreciate the time here. Thanks for taking us to school. Absolutely enjoyed it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.